What up, what up? Welcome to Time for Tea with me and Skulk Poseidon Oat. He is one of South Africa's favorite comedians and actors and TV show hosts and all-round funny guy. What a champ, by the way. We had like 700 million trillion connection issues and he just pulled through. So that was amazing. We finished the podcast after like 700 years of struggling with connection. So I'm very glad about that. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And just one more thing. Uh, sorry for all the yaws you'll be hearing from me. I didn't even realize I said it that much. And that's probably because I was so starstruck in the moment. I was just like freaking out. And yeah, so just next time I'll be sure to work on my yaws. Okay. Like two more before bed, and that really that's it. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm trying to I drink my favorite Red Bull for the day. Then so I said it's Oh good. wow. You can never have fleas. Yeah. So thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Pleasure. So we 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 are speaking in English now, Risha. Yeah, today we will be speaking in English. The, the English people listening, forgive us. This is going to get better than <laughs> Yeah, I'm so surprised you actually pronounced my name correctly the first time. Risha, what is that surname? Welding or welding? Just welding. <laughs> Wel- oh, welding. You comboed it. Yeah, it's Risha Welding, but I don't know. I can't speak English, but my surname is English. And I can't weld, but my surname is Welding, so... Anyway, um, I'm still in my pajamas at this moment because even though it's two o'clock, it's lockdown. So that's cool, actually. No, I mean, you, like, you, look, you're forgiven because it's a Saturday now that we, as we're recording this. That is acceptable for Saturday. But Risha, you can't be in the lockdown on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, two o'clock in your pajamas. That is something I said in one of my first lockdown videos. I said, Nancy, we need to stay sane. <laughs> In this time, and you're not staying sane, if you're not, tr- like, getting dressed in the morning, that is part of routine. That is part of staying sane. You need to do it. A Saturday and a Sunday, like I said, that's an exception. But how old are you, Risha? I am 21. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that, yeah that's why. Because 21, <laughs> we, well, like, we were all still in our pajamas when we were at university. We were, still at a, we were all still in our pajamas at 2. Four. We were still sleeping at 2 p.m. Yeah, exactly. So you can't blame me for that. So No, that makes more sense now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think the industry will ever be the same after the whole corona thing, your entertainment industry specifically? Um, I think so, eventually. Um, obviously there's gonna be like people are gonna be very nervous when live shows continue again. So even when live shows are allowed again, they're not necessarily gonna continue. Because so many people are going to want to come to the live show, but at the end of the day, a live show is a whole bunch of people in a room sitting very close to each other. You know, you can't social distance in a theater unless you say, okay, I'm going to do the Atterbury, which can seat 400 people, but I'm only going to sell 100 tickets so that people can sit far apart, in which case you're going to make a loss because the Atterbury's fee. Yeah, that's 
<laughs> you know. So, but anyway, I think, I think, um, on the other hand, I don't know, people are getting so heartful of lockdown that I think as soon as it's, you know, people have the attitude, this is just speaking to like my own friends, you know, people are starting to have the attitude now of like, oh, if I get it, I get it. If I get it, I get it. So I'm just going to go yeah. and YOLO, you know, because people all around yeah. me, they just, they're breaking the rules now. You know, people were like all very obedient at the beginning. But now people are like getting fake permits to go visit their parents, to go here, to go there, you know, trying to... Well, after two months, obviously, eh? Yeah, exactly. So people are so heartful of not being able to carry on like normal. There's a part of me that thinks when live shows are allowed again, people are just going to be like, right, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. But, but at least now they really found nice ways to adapt to the whole situation with the online shows and everything. Exactly. So that is where I think that is a place where I think uh, the industry is forever changed because a lot of people in this time have realized, oh, I can do a, a show online. I can. Because, I mean, if you had to tell me in January or February, you know, I'm, I, I must do a live online show, I can't see the people. I can't hear the people. I'm just sitting in front of my laptop doing stand-up. I would have said to you, why would I do that? Because I can go do a live show. Yeah. Well, I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, now you didn't have a choice. And now I realize, oh, it's actually quite lacquer because there's people that can't watch my live shows. There's people sitting South Africans in Hong Kong, in parts of the world where I might never in my life go and do a show. You know, Vietnam, yeah. wherever. So, um, Potgieters Rus. So, um, <laughs> there will um, be like three people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then it's nice to be able to throw it open to those men, sir, and say, okay, look, if you know that these are the main places I normally do shows, if you fall outside those places and you'd like to see me perform, here you go. You know, so that's that's been quite a nice thing. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you're such an all-rounder. Is there anything for which you would actually say no? I can't sing. I the can't performance. Sing. The musical theatre. Can you not hear me? Can you hear me now? No, I'm saying I can't sing. That's what I would say no to. Oh, I can't sing. Yeah, okay. But there's nothing you would that goes against your values necessarily that you can think of. Like... <laughs> Because you would not want to do it. Um, <laughs> um, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm trying to think. There must be some sort of performance that goes against my values. Um, Maybe the adult industry. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say porn, you know. Not, it doesn't. Yeah. Porn as a thing doesn't necessarily go against my values. Starring in it, maybe you know, it goes against my own personal what I would and would not do. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily call it values, maybe just what I'm comfortable with. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. But, you know, yeah, that, that, is a, that is an industry, unless someone can think, because I want to make people laugh, unless someone could write me a very <laughs> hilarious porno, like, like I'm talking about oh. like more of a comedy than a porno. Then maybe, then maybe. But I think that already exists. Like stuff like um, yeah, everything nowadays, you know, already exists. 
like maybe like you know like those um seth rogan movies some of it sometimes you know it gets quite raunchy but it's a comedy or like yeah um, this is a bit before your time marisha but like um <laughs> american pie you know <laughs> Well, I know of American Pie about American Pie school, so at least I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you you know of it, but I also know of the Groot track, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I learned about it in history, so at least I, I have a good overview. That's crazy to movie. think that eventually kids are going to learn about American Pie as like uh, old <laughs> film. Like we learn about People who study film one day, like in another, I don't know, 70, 80 years, you know, because people who study film now, you know, learn about Charlie Chaplin movies, the first silent, you know, movies. Another 70, 80 years, they're going to be learning about American Pie, the first movie where someone formed a pie or whatever, you know. And Scott Poseidon Oates shows. Yeah, hopefully I'm That'll be nice. then that I can, you know, talk to people, get interviewed. Yeah, I remember in our lockdown. Yes, that's crazy. How do you say no? If somebody like, sorry, I don't have time. Would you feel comfortable saying no? Or would you think of a random excuse? If, if someone asked me what? How would you say no? If someone asked you to... To play in a what porno or in, I don't know an awful movie, which you <laughs> are not interested. In. I would say, um, look, I'm really busy at the moment, and I want to be able to give your project all the time and attention it deserves. And unfortunately, my schedule really does not allow um, for that at the moment. And then I would give them Edwin van der Waals number and say, call him. <laughs> much of a nicer body than me. Uh, he's keen. Okay. Um, can you remember a time that you were starstruck by a celebrity, even after you were famous? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if you know this comedian, but um, his name is Eddie Izzard. And I performed in London last year. And after the show, someone said to me, did you see who was in your show? He sat in the back. And I said, no. And they said, Eddie Izzard. And then I went down the stairs and he was there waiting for me. And I met him. And yeah, it was, you know, I was like, whoa, it's Eddie Izzard. I mean, Eddie (laughs) Izzard is like such a legend in comedy. Like someone once described, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Someone once described uh, Eddie Izzard to me like, um, he's your favorite, he's probably your favorite comedian's favorite comedian. You know, he's like comedy uh, royalty, oh. you know, and the fact that he came to, I mean, maybe I wouldn't have been so starstruck if I just met him like at an event, but the fact that I met him after he had watched my show, you know, like he sat and watched my show, he sat through the whole show, that was quite amazing. Um, but you've also worked with Trevor Noah, right? On a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, um, I met, I met Trevor at a comedy festival backstage. 
I guess I was also I, I'm 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 one of those people I love celebrities, you know, like I'm 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 stars. <laughs> When I meet a lot of people, you know, but um, you like have, sorry, personal phone number because I've always wondered about that. Who? Trevor Noah's, or do you not have his personal phone details? Oh, oh, I have, I have his personal email address, but that's not as cool as having someone on WhatsApp. Um. So, is there anyone in the indus- entertainment industry with who you would still love to work with, with whom you have never worked with yet? Um, Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, Nathaniel, I'd really love to work with Nathaniel. Um, well, on- you know, Nathaniel has actually been to Potgieterslis and had a few shows here, so then you'd have to up your game a bit. Really? I don't, I don't know if Nathaniel really collaborates. I mean, he collab- like he has musicians and stuff in his shows. I don't know if he has ever collaborated with like another comedian on a thing, but I'd love to one day be able to do a project or show with Nathaniel. Um, but the thing is, I also don't know. I think I would just make his show cock because his his one man shows are so <laughs> incredible. You know, I think if I now try and mince in there, hello, you know, no, that wouldn't work. And um, Radio Raps, I mean, I know him personally. We like friends, you know. But we just haven't, uh, you know, we just yeah. haven't had the opportunity to like do a show together. Um, I mean, working with Casper de Vries was obviously incredible because he is my absolute childhood hero. Him and Jim Carrey. Um, I was just saying local now. Obviously, internationally, you're there's people I really obviously want to work with. But locally, let's just keep it a bit more realistic for now. Um yeah, like working with Casper, he was like my hero as a child. So that was, you know, when I when I do a show with Casper, we've got a show called Skulking Kasia Um, Every performance before we go on stage or even when we are on stage in front of the audience, busy doing the show, halfway through, I sometimes just, you know, have this moment where I'm like, queer, fuck, I'm doing a show with Casper right now. This is... No, Crazy. I can only imagine. Yeah, well, he's a legend. 11-year-old me in 2003 that I would be doing this. Yo, no, crazy, crazy, crazy. You had the choice of to star in any type of movie. Um, which What type of movie, movie would you star in? And also, which role would you like to play? You know what? Um, <laughs> I know this is going to sound very funny, but... Um, I'm like quite a big fan of uh, Bad Boys 2 with um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And now recently Bad Boys 3 came out, but it, it's not called Bad Boys 3. It's called Bad Boys for Life. Um, like a, 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 an action, proper action comedy like that. Like a Skopskit and Donner, but also very funny. Yeah. Um, like almost like a... You know, the, that kind of falls in the, the category of, like, buddy cop movies, you know? Cool. Okay. I wanted to ask you, do you still get nervous? Yeah. Fuck nervous. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I do. I think it's, I think nerves are a very important thing because, yeah, it keeps you on your toes, you know? If you, if, if. If you're not getting nervous, I think you are just becoming 
to relax. You know, it's it is hard to to speak in general like this because that's the that is part of the beauty of comedy for me. It's like you know, every person has a different way of working. Every person is so different, you know. Um, what I do for before a show is very different to what someone else does before a show. How I write material is very different to how someone else writes material. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think if you start losing your nerves um, – before show that means you're getting a bit too comfortable you know and it's good to stay on your toes all the time because that means that if you like on your toes and you're nervous you're gonna give a, a, a good performance than if you just like relaxed because that that can sort of easily become not caring you know okay um so i was very disappointed when you were not casted as the new eyes for um Boutique Frau. I'm sure I'm not the not only one. Not as disappointed as me, Risha. Not as disappointed as me. Did they give you any reasons as to why they didn't cost you? Or did you just <laughs> leave it? No, no. I mean, I never even had an audition, Risha. But, um, but I mean, yeah, man. Look, they, they don't... Normally with these things, you don't... You know, if, if you don't get chosen for something, you don't get... Um, they, they don't give you a reason or whatever, but I know what the reason is, you know, it's the format of the show. And yes, of course I wanted to be the presenter. It, it started as more of a joke and then people were like, Oh, but do you really want to do it? And then I was like, actually, I really do want to do it. Um, yeah. um, look, I think it's just part of the, it's part of the format of the show. The format of the show has been now for 12 seasons that, you know, it's like a young, beautiful woman who, who's the host of the show. And obviously uh, a woman has a different dynamic with Dibura and the other girls than a man would have. Um, mm. So, so I completely understand that, that, that they don't want to mess with the concept. I mean, they always say, don't fix what's not broken, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so maybe they just don't want to mess with it too much because it will definitely be a very different show with me there. You know, it will be like I actually said in my in my videos, obviously, I'm not going to make, make a big fat joke out of it. Like if there's a girl crying because she just got sent home, I'm not going to be like, no, I'm joking, you know, um, yeah. you know, so I'm not going to be like, oh, try and use those tears to go water the crops, whatever. You know, I'm not going to be an idiot, but yeah. um but yeah, at the same time, at the same time, um, you know, I thought that in the first few episodes, before it gets like really deep and hectic and serious, you know, I could maybe bring more of a more a bit more humor to the show. But yeah, I mean, it will be a, di a different show, definitely. Um, oh, well, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking it off the table. You know, the contract for the Bushuka Fro presenters are two years. You normally, if you go back, you present it for two years and then they get a new one. So, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe in two years. I said you did such a great that show you hosted, that dating show. It was quite funny. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed that. I really, I really do enjoy hosting like that just because I don't you know I get to do the things that 
irritate me when other hosts of shows don't do it. And what irritates me sometimes is when people don't say the obvious. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like if there's a really obvious, like this person is being full of cock, then, uh, you know, a lot of times the host will just go, oh, okay, you know, cool, like uh, moving on. And then I'm like, why don't you just say, listen, Maria, you're being full of cock right now. Just stop it or whatever. You know, so so on the click, yeah, so sorry um, for interrupting you. Um, on the click, I just got to, you know, call people on their bullshit. Um, so what would he say? What, what about it? Would you ever want to take part in something like that or not? No, no. Again, no. I'd love to host it. I'd love to yeah. host Survivor SA. If one day Nico Panaggio is, is gutful, um, I'd love to host it. But no, I don't. I like my... Uh, I did four trackers, Risha. You know, obviously... Uh, you have oh, oh, wow. I yeah, did four trackers, Risha. So I did my fair share of camping in the felt and having to start, you know, to cock in the bush and all that stuff. So I don't want to go do it now on an island. When I go now to a tropical island, I want to stay in a chalet. Oh, I understand. I'm the same. I feel the same. <laughs> okay. With what have you gotten away with? Did anybody write you any tickets or not write you tickets for being famous? Speeding tickets or anything? No, I unfortunately have never gotten out of a, a, a speeding fine or anything Aww. like that. What have I? My fiance is actually sitting here. Has anyone ever helped us with something? Love, because they were a fan. Cutting in front of the row, maybe. No, no. Sometimes it does help with with service at a restaurant. Um, okay. If the manager is maybe a, a fan of your work, um, you know, and then they'll just like, you can hear them in the back, hey, quickly get this order out first, prioritize it. And then you're like, no, it's fine. And then, yeah, but no, nothing major. I wish. Yo. Uh, no dates. Just my 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 hope always if there's one place that I want people to be a fan of mine and to really where I would want a favor is I really want to fly business class or first class in my life. So oh, the, the the few times that I've won that I've flown, especially overseas, because um, I don't want to fly business class on a British Airways flight to Cape Town for two hours. You know, I want to get the business class where you're flying to London or whatever. Um, yeah. I've always like really hoped if I'm like on a British Airways or Emirates flight that, you know, maybe just maybe the pilot sees me and he's a fan or maybe the head AO stays and they come fetch me from the back in economy and they go, <laughs> Mr. Beside note, you know, there is a, there is a free check. Come, we'll sneak you in. Um, cause I always hear of these stories. I, I mean, we all know these stories of people who, tell these stories of like, oh, yeah, I checked in and then they just said to me they're upgrading me to business. Ha <laughs> ha. And then, you know, I flew business to fucking Hong Kong. And then I'm just like, why does this keep happening to everyone? Why does it never happen to me? Yeah, well, one day you'll get that, I'm sure. Yeah, Maybe. one day when I just decide to pay 30,000 Rand extra, I will get yeah, that. But that's not going to be anytime soon, Risha. Uh, 
What's the most random DM you've ever received from a fan? My fiance DM'd me <laughs> saying, I'm joking. I'm just, I just wanted to see a reaction. Yeah, no, so often it's like, hey, you know, here's my Instagram page. I'm selling this or I'm doing this. Please help me promote it. I'd actually love to. It just puts me then in an awkward position because then if I do that, then 20 other people will message me and say, hey, you promoted their thing. Now promote my thing. And then how do I say no to the next person and the next person and the next person? So that is sometimes yeah. uh, very tricky. And then you kind of like send people a nice message. Hey, it's just, you know, it puts me in a bit of an uncomfortable position because I can't then say no to other people if I do this for you, whatever. I hope you understand. And then they're like, yeah, sure, we understand completely. But, you know, they're just thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can think that. So nobody has ever asked you to marry them or something on over a DM? No, no, I'm not, not I'm not the... Uh, yeah, yeah. That I think that's more the the your Bobby van Jarsfelds and your the the pop <laughs> singers Brendan Brendan Piper, Ilandre. I think they maybe get a lot of that. The comedians, you know, even though girls say uh, Richard that you know, oh, the f funny is the new is the new art. Funny is the new rugby or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. We 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 still the funny guy at the end of the day. So, no, you know, some people do say, please adopt me. But, um, <laughs> you know, then I just say, yeah, you know, you, you're 32 and you're older than us. So that's a bit awkward. I'm back. Um, so not long ago, you posted a video talking about people always asking you about where do you get your jerseys from? And you said something yeah. like they should just get their own tiny to bordier their work, their, their jerseys. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Have, have you never considered starting up your own thrift shop or a jersey line or something? Yeah, I mean, I have considered it, but I don't think it would work because like yeah, around 2009, 2010, when thrifting became really, really cool, you know, like all the vintage car got bought, you know, now, because yeah. I, I mean, I remember as a first year student, you go into a second hand store, there'd be so much cool stuff. Now you walk in there, there's like nothing. So I think it would be pretty hard to, I mean, respect to people who start a second hand store now, because where do you find it? Now I go look, I'm, I go shopping for jerseys. That's why I eventually did get a tiny to start making my, my own for me, you know, because. Okay, okay. Because now when you go into a second-hand store, there's like nothing left, you know. All the, the hipsters yeah. got them. And the thing is when they stop wearing it, they don't take it back. It's like a jersey is like a fish. Like when you catch one, you have to if, – if you're not going to eat it, you have to release it back into the water. You know what I mean? Same with jerseys. But they don't, they don't wear it, but they don't release it back into the – the water of second hand, you know, they just keep it there Aye, in yeah. the back of the closet to get eaten by the moths. Okay. Well, Skog, I actually want to talk to you about something a bit more serious. Um, I hope it's not too personal, but Flexing. sometime in November last year, you posted a picture on Instagram with your hair dyed blonde. 
and yeah. it had the funny yeah. caption. Yeah, it said, "Throwback to a year ago when I was owned by a tiny called Hetty." Hashtag Maltese. Hashtag Poodle. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I received the following message a short while ago. Hello, Skulky. How are you, my darling? I miss you so much. Sniffles and I cry about you every day. Please come back. I promise not to put a pink streaky in your hair again, my dear. Wow, I mean, yo, that uh, I'm actually getting emotional just hearing her voice again after after this long. You know, I think like with any abusive relationship, you know, we should just start slow again, you know, start from the beginning, build the trust again. But eventually okay. I think we can get there again, Omar. We can get there again. We can get to that beautiful place where we were. Will you um, maybe meet up with her for coffee sometime then, I guess? Start, Absolutely. Start a- okay. Okay, that's nice the way I the way I remember it, she actually only drinks tea because coffee gave her heart palpitations. But oh, you know, we can, yeah. You like has people Sorry, wanting, I, wanted to be your friend for just because you're famous, of which you know. No, not not really that much. Uh, I mean, it's more just like people that that never. Um, it's more like people wanting to get to other people that you might know. Do, does that make sense? Like yeah, some people, like some of some people that you have lost contact with, that's like, hey, Skulk, you know, like suddenly, like out of the blue, there's like really cool message. And then you're like, hey, this is a bit weird. Why are you messaging me? And then they're like, because I was just wondering if you have Kurt Darren's number. <laughs> because you know i wanted to ask him st- about something i want him to come perform at our year in function then i was like yeah sure i have it but i'm not gonna give it to you you can go get his fucking email address of his website yeah um you're obviously a role model so- to so many young aspiring comedians uh, what advice really? would you give <laughs> yeah i believe that i believe that because you've gotten so far already with your career Oh, I thought you mean you've gotten so far as in you moved from Cape Town to Joburg, which is quite far. Oh, maybe know. that as well. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's the question? Do I have advice? Someone wanting to follow in your footsteps. Um, my advice, I mean, this is the thing with comedy is people always like, uh, young aspiring comedians, they always want to like um, say like, how do I, how do I start comedy? You know, people who've never done it before. And the thing is, it's actually mm. very easy not to make people laugh. That's not the easy part, but to get on stage is very easy. I always say to them, you go to your local comedy night, you watch the show, you ask afterwards, hey, who's the organizer? You speak to the organizer and you say, hey, for the next show or the show after that, can I have five minutes? And they will give you five minutes. It's as easy as that. But then you don't hear from those people again because then suddenly when it becomes real, then they freak out and they run away, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's often easier to just always speak about a thing like, who I would like to do this thing. It's like, let's say, for example, you say like, Oh, I'd always like to bungee jump. I always want to bungee jump one day. I always want to bungee jump. And then someone comes to you and go, okay, but let's go right now. Then suddenly it's like, 
no, maybe not. You know what I mean? So it's like often easier just to talk about something, talk about something, talk about something, you know. But I, I always say to people, because the thing is, um, you can sit with someone and talk about comedy for a full year, for 365 days, 24 hours a day, talk about comedy, but they're not going to get better at it until they actually do it, you know? No. So I think, I think the, the biggest uh, thing that a comedian can do to help himself or herself is stage time, stage time, stage time, stage time. I know it sounds cliche, but there's this guy, I, I don't even remember, but this whole thing was like 10,000 hours. You know, if you put 10,000 hours in that, um, you know, you are going to be able to master a thing. And with comedy, that is absolutely true. You know, after 10,000 hours on stage, I almost want to say it's impossible that you're still going to be cock, you know. So, um, yeah, just getting on stage. Like when I started, I mean, yo, I was getting on stage three times a week at least, minimum, you know. Yeah. When it, and that, and that, was, that was balancing stand-up with my uh, university work. When I was coming home for the holidays, I was trying to get on stage every night of the week. Every night oh, yeah. of the week. Wow, that's amazing. Sure. Okay, so, so the classic practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah. And the, but but the thing is, aspiring comedians sometimes think, um, you know, oh, I want to get a, a bigger name to mentor me. But you can't mentor someone in this industry because, like I said, I can't really mentor you. I can now and then maybe give you advice. If you send me a WhatsApp yeah. and you say, hey, Skalk, I just want to know there's this opportunity. What would you do in this situation? I can give advice. But my way of working, my way of doing comedy is so different to yours and anyone else's and yours is different to anyone else's. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. hard to mentor someone because the things I say is not necessarily how you work or how you write, you know? So, so the, you know, but, but so it's a thing like, okay, yeah, can you mentor me? And then you ask them, you know, when was the last time you performed? And then they're like, I don't know, like a month ago. And you're like, well, there's your problem. Oh, yeah, I understand. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. And that was Cork Poseidon it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast because I did a lot. I think he's an amazing guy and really lacquer means not lying in his Instagram bio. My recommendation for the week would be to watch The Good Lie. If you haven't yet, it's quite an old movie. I think it's like a 2014 movie. So if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and do. It's a 2014 movie. It's uh, starring Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, I just said it. And it's about Ethiopian refugees um, in America. And also... Uh, the actors which stars as refugees are actually real Ethiopian refugees so it's it's amazing and very touching and I would totally recommend you watching it that was it for today I hope you tune in next week okay bye